Welcome to the Talking Security Podcast. We will talk about items related to Microsoft security. Hi everyone, welcome back at a new recording of the Talking Security Podcast. The summer break is over and we are continuing this Defender for Cloud series. Um, as you know, at Microsoft's comprehensive solution for protecting cloud workloads and hybrid environments. Last time we talked to Tom Janacek about uh, Defender for Service within Defender for Cloud and Puyan. Together uh, we are hosting these uh, podcast series. Uh, we are both uh, Microsoft MVP in the security category, so that's one of the reasons uh, we try to uh, to realize that. And last time, uh, before summer break, you was in uh, the United States at the uh, MVP summit, and you talked to someone. Yes, Franz. It's great to be back. It's, uh, finally, the summer holidays are over. Yeah, before the summer, I was at the summit, at the MVP summit, and I uh, met and we, uh, David uh, there, and we spoke a lot about the whole security about uh, DevOps. And I have been since looking forward to this session, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, so I would also ask our special guest, David Trigano, please can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, Brian. Thank you, friends. Thank you, Brian, for the invitation. Hi, everyone. My name is David Pigano. I'm a sustainable product manager within the Microsoft Defender for Cloud product group. I've been at Microsoft since 2010. Started my career as software engineer in Microsoft Friends. Moved uh, in Microsoft Israel to work in the Microsoft Defender for Cloud product group. And a year and a half ago, I relocated to the US, kind of making a collection of Microsoft offices around the globe. What is the, what is for you the real difference between uh, Israel and the United States where you're now uh, based? Yeah, so 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 thank you. This is a great question. I think that what I'm what I realize is that in Israel we obviously our office is, is way smaller. So uh, when we talk about empowering people and when we talk about opportunities and how we can collaborate with other products, I think that here in the US this is the, the, the opportunities are infinite. We have plenty of teams. We have plenty of organizations here that are working uh, toward the same goal, which is helping our customers to empower or empowering our customers to achieve more. And I think that even if this sounds like a okay, this is a a, a mindset that we that, that Satya kind of infuses across across the, the 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 whole Microsoft organization. This is something that we feel and we can we can see on a daily basis when working within the Redmond campus. Awesome. Well, David, thanks for taking the time for joining us today at, at, at that, uh, in our episode. Um, as mentioned, one of my favorites ones, definitely in the time that we are in now with, with, with everything happening with cloud and, and, and a lot of development. Uh, I think it's a really important to have a good visibility and, 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 and a good uh, framework in place when it comes to the, the whole DevOps. Uh, process and um, and then and to kick it off um, I'm really curious can, can you give us a, a overview of in your opinion what how DevOps security and its role within the whole broader defender for cloud ecosystem is um, yes. today absolutely so I think first of all it's important to understand our Microsoft defender for cloud has been here for 
a long time. And we saw Microsoft Defender for Cloud evolving from being a CSPM and CWPP platform focused on Azure first, where we'll call the Azure Security Center to a multi-cloud, multi-pipeline, comprehensive Synapse solution called Microsoft Defender for Cloud. And when we talk about Synapse, which is the uh, terminology to say that we are protecting or providing a platform that provides a, a protection to cloud native applications, it is important to also consider the development security and the DevOps security aspect of, of uh, uh, a, across the software development lifecycle. So infusing and integrating DevOps security within Microsoft Defender for Cloud for us is something that is natural when it comes to moving from CSPM CWP to becoming a Synapse actor within, within Microsoft. So obviously uh, protecting DevOps environment goes from searching for secrets that may be exposed in a code to finding vulnerabilities before the code is being deployed into production, analyzing IAC templates, uh, so infrastructure as code template that are provisioning resources, and being able to infuse all of those insights into Microsoft Defender for Cloud in our Cloud Security Explorers, in our recommendations, and all the different places where Microsoft Defender for Cloud provides security visibility for our customers. Awesome. Yeah, I think when we in our first episode, we talked a lot with, with uh, Rod about the whole Defender for Cloud and how big it is and how massive and how we even started counting how many features it contains at this moment. Uh, so it's so in your opinion, it's really playing a big uh, role to have a completely overview uh, when it comes towards the development. So what what if you look then on that topic, what are the primary challenges for the organization to face? Uh, uh, what, what what are they facing when it comes to the DevOps security, especially if you talk about maybe even multi-cloud, uh, multi-pipeline environments, uh, how does that work and fit? Uh... So I would say that this is a real challenge. First of all, this is a great question because this is obviously the $1 million question that we all aim to solve is how we can bring two different worlds, which is the infrastructure world, the SecOps and the DevOps or DevSecOps world to, to collaborate. Because when you think about it, those different worlds are not talking the same language. They are not using the same platform. They are not having the same agenda. And our goal as a security provider is to facilitate, to reduce the frictions between those worlds. How we help a developer who wants to build application fast, who wants to deliver those applications fast into production to, co to communicate with a subscription owner or with an application owners who also wants to have something fast but both of them want to make sure that this is secure because nobody wants to, to have a message at 2 a.m. saying, hey, there is a critical CVE. You have to wake up because the, the application is down because the security team decided to turn off the application because whatever what security uh, uh, issue happens within, within the organization. So I think that, again, what we're trying to achieve within Microsoft Defender for Cloud is really the ability to reduce the friction between personas that are not talking the same language, between personas that are not specifically uh, designed to work together. On the first side, we have the security team that are here to make sure that the entire organization is securely built and architectured and designed. And on the other side, we have the application owner or the developer who are actually looking to have application and to deliver faster and faster application and cloud native applications for, uh, uh, for their businesses. 
So these are the main challenges. How we make sure that we help all the organization to collaborate together without having any friction, without being a, without being a, 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 even able to understand the technology that happens behind the scene and the complexity behind the scene that we have in place and we put in place for helping those different organizations and persona to collaborate toward building cloud native applications securely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that that's the key of the, the whole DevSecOps in it, David. And, and to achieve that, um, yeah, I think that to the visibility is the key to have cool. like a full, fully unified visibility into the security posture. Um, but that is uh, often happens at the moment uh, in the production phase that the security finds the vulnerability. So, how do you see the role of Defender for Cloud? When it comes to a pre-production application, for example, and um, what what kind of scans uh, and uh, can security um, execute to uh, in that kind of uh, platforms, for example? Yeah, good question. So Microsoft Defender for Cloud again, as I'm, as I mentioned at the beginning of this of this podcast, we aim to become a CNAP cloud native application protection platform, and for achieving this goal, we actually want to shift left our visibility and security control to the development organization and to the development world. So we talk about scanning. We can talk about our ability to um, scan IAC templates to detect misconfigurations in advance. We also have the ability to annotate pull requests near real time to inform the developers immediately when we found a misconfiguration before those IAC templates will eventually provision unhealthy resources and native resources in their cloud environments, which is a critical aspect to make sure that we not only are building security applications, but also building applications that are designed in a way that allow us to make sure that those applications or those resources are defined and deployed according to the security best practice and security rules and policies that were defined by security teams within Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So this is the first aspect. I mentioned also something about secrets and finding CVEs before those uh, uh, risk or misconfiguration or vulnerabilities are hitting production environment. And this is also where we are uh, collaborating with GitHub Advanced Security for GitHub and GitHub Advanced Security for Azure DevOps by aggregating all the different insights that are coming from those platforms and centralizing them, uh, unifying the visibility of all those different insights that sit at the file level or the repository level into Microsoft Defender for Cloud and connecting those insights into the rest of the platform, into the cloud environment, how we are providing code to cloud visibility for our customers. So it's a secret CVE in terms of scanning and ISTN template scanning to um, identify vulnerabilities and misconfigurations before those security issues reach to your production or to customers' uh, production and sensitive critical environments. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that sounds really amazing. Definitely with, with in mind that security is empowered to, 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 to make decisions and, and, and to, to take controls uh, before that happens uh, to, to right. control the damage that's coming. Um, and are there any key features? I mean, the visibility is one of the uh, big ones, I think you mentioned, that making the whole DevOps process visible for security so that they can assess and share their feedback on it. Are there 
other key features uh, or capabilities, for example, that you can mention uh, how security can integrate or uh, promote their security towards the developers and let them know? Are there any integrations in there, for example, that you can mention? Absolutely, absolutely. So I mentioned already the PR annotations that is part of Microsoft Defender for Cloud that via SimpleClick, security admins and security teams can actually enable it automatically across their different insights uh, coming from their, uh, for example, Azure DevOps uh, environment. So the moment GitHub Advanced Security or Microsoft Defender for Cloud identifies a security risk or security misconfiguration or vulnerability, Microsoft Defender for Cloud will automatically annotate the pull request that was initiated by the developer to inform him about the misconfiguration or the vulnerability that were found during the pull request. There's also another aspect of, of Microsoft Defender for Cloud, which is something that currently exists. And as I mentioned, we extend to the cloud and to the code environment is about security graph, graph explorer and our attack path analysis. So a lot of customers are talking to us about this, uh, uh, what we call in this industry, this uh, alert fatigue or this recommendation fatigue, the security fatigue, because they have plenty of different insights. They have hundreds of recommendations, thousands of alerts, thousands of signals coming from different platforms, different environments, uh, different resources, and don't, they don't know how to prioritize. They don't know how to quickly identify the most critical resources they have, where they want developers or remediation owners to focus on. By connecting the DevOps insights and DevOps entities into the Microsoft uh, Cloud security graph that we built within Microsoft Defender for Cloud, we give the ability to the security admin to quickly identify the most critical resources and the most critical repositories they have based on CVIDs or based on misconfiguration. For example, as a security admin, I can go to Microsoft Defender for Cloud and ask the security graph to show me all the repositories that are exposed to the internet and have a specific CVE ID um, detected within that repository. And so, for example, when you talk about Log4j, which was a, 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 a storm that hit the entire industry a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, um, we can quickly identify all the repositories where Log4j, or imagine tomorrow there is a Log4j v2 that comes out of the nowhere. Then Microsoft Defender for Cloud can help security admin and developers to quickly identify all the repositories that where a Log4j v2, for example, were found within this uh, node, within this entity. And so by doing this, we are helping the security admin to collaborate with the developer to quickly identify the most critical misconfigurations and CVE that are affecting their businesses and fix it very, very quickly. And obviously by combining all those efforts with existing capabilities within Microsoft Defender for Cloud, such as uh, the uh, uh, um, automated flow with Logic App and Workbooks, we also give the ability to uh, security admins to automate all of these processes, making sure that the moment they have anything that is related to security and they want to automate it at scale, we already are using existing tools that are present in Microsoft Defender for Cloud to not only help them to prioritize, but also make sure that they can prioritize at scale with their developers. Wow, amazing. I mean, go ahead, friends. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, um, I think we are a lot familiar with the PR registration, but I think what you mentioned uh, regarding Log4G, I mean, having the possibility as it's it's it looks like partially on Defender for Endpoint with the vulnerability assessment, how you can easily 
uh, find all kind of vulnerabilities within your or organization, you will get the same visibility and controls, uh, but now in your application and your code uh, environment. Um, so th these are really great features. I mean, I'm really, uh, I see a lot of uh, our customers uh, using the PR uh, rotation where they uh, easily integrate and, and, and give feedback to the developers before any code being merged into the production. And, and, and yeah, unfortunately we can't share it here now, but if you look it up, the, the data and how how it, everything is worked out and explained in an understandable language and pointing out really which line the vulnerability or the secret, as you mentioned, indeed was, uh, was found. So it makes it also really uh, easy for the developers to be pointed like, okay, there in your code is, is, is the issue that you need to take a look at. I think that integration is really amazing because so to have this integration, you would imagine you need to do a lot to, to get this done. Can you talk us through how this integration works? Where, uh, where do we need to start if we want to integrate uh, with, with, for example, our, one of our most popular DevOps tools like GitHub or Azure DevOps? Uh, where, where do yeah. we start? That's a good question. So I think that what we are actually trying to do at Microsoft in general, Microsoft Security, is to simplify the onboarding and simplify the experiences. We, as I said earlier, we don't want to expose the complexity of our technologies to our customers because we do not believe that customers have to understand how it works behind the scene. Of course, they have, we can, we document everything. But when you talk about it from a user perspective, from a user experience perspective, we want the user to be able to quickly see, to have this, what we call the five minutes wow effect. So how we can give you the ability to quickly see the value, the security value that we give you out of Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So very simply, very simple, sorry, you, uh, a security admin goes into Microsoft Defender for Cloud, onboard his uh, Azure DevOps environment into Microsoft Defender for Cloud, the same way security admins will onboard their AWS or GCP environments into Microsoft Defender for Cloud, and they have the same capabilities, extended capabilities for GitHub and Azure DevOps. And the moment they onboard their Azure DevOps environment, we will actually start collecting insights that are coming from GitHub Advanced Security, GitHub Advanced Security for Azure DevOps, and developers that are actually using uh, our uh, uh, extension, which is MSDO for Microsoft Security DevOps extension. They actually just have to uh, uh, inject our extension into their pipelines, and we will automatically scan everything or actually collaborate with GitHub Advanced Security to add also the IST scanning capabilities and consume the results from GitHub Advanced Security in order to push and to populate those results into Microsoft Defender for Cloud. And, and as you and I mentioned, it's very simple. The security admins can go to the DevOps blade, the dedicated blade in Microsoft Defender for Cloud, and they can configure PR annotation by just simply click on on. And out of the box, we will do all the connections and all the logic behind the scene to inform the developers if something is found and to inform the security admin about all the different findings across their multiple SCMs, if they're using GitHub, multiple instances in GitHub, multiple organizations in Azure DevOps, we will aggregate all those findings to give a unified visibility to Microsoft Defender for Cloud. Amazing, that, that sounds as a really fast onboarding and, and it gives you a huge visibility within what's going on into the developer's uh, perspective. 
Um, we touched a little bit on the about the also about the process. Uh, you already told about how you can do prioritization based on the vulnerabilities found. Um, can we also do um, uh, when we do the PR uh, uh, annotations? Can can we do some kind of an uh, um, also bring some of that prioritization back to the DevOps environment, for example, or to the Git, GitHub environment to make that visible for them what has priority uh, in that sense? Um, yeah. So, so this is something we're actually working on. Obviously, a lot of customers have been asking us how we can have this synchronization between the DevOps uh, environment and the cloud or the security, uh, uh, the, the, the CNAP and the DevSecOps world that where these different personas are, are, are living. So the way it works today, we actually, we have this visibility at the PR levels. And obviously we work uh, continuously and closely with the GitHub advanced security teams for GitHub and Azure DevOps to see what are the uh, additional connections we can bring and the enrichments we can bring for both sides to give extra visibilities for developers and security admins. Amazing. So, so when we talk about developers, often we, 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 we immediately go to a very complex and application. Um, but what we see now a lot is if you look at uh, a lot of customers, definitely in the Netherlands, uh, there's a huge move towards Azure Cloud, which brings a lot of uh, infrastructure as code solutions. It's it's sometimes it's R, uh, sometimes it's Python or other languages. Um, is, is, is Defender for Cloud also helping us towards that? And 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 and, and, and can you also what kind of, what kind of uh, security findings can we expect when it comes to infrastructure as code, for example? Is there a difference towards when we are talking an application development, for example? Yeah, this is a this is a real, real good question. Um, so what we see right now and, 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 and what you say in Netherlands, I think you can actually use it as a blueprint and basically extend that to almost every country in the world where uh, we see also customers that are using more and more orchestration mechanisms such as infrastructure as code template to unify their um, resources and cloud native resources, making sure that they have blueprints that they can use and templates they can use to provision the resources. What we are actually doing within Microsoft Defender for Cloud is that we are providing two tools, um, TerraScan and Template Analyzer that are actually scanning IST templates to find misconfigurations which are very similar to the misconfigurations or with the security assessment we have right now in Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So we're talking about TLS version, we're talking about using HTTPS, we're talking about all the different uh, security best practices that we have within Microsoft that we are extending. We are shifting left our security policies from our cloud environment into our code environment. Again, we are actually, we have, I used to say that Microsoft Defender for Cloud is not only about, it's not anymore only about uh, stay secure, but it's also about build secure. How we can help the developers to build secure so it's easier for them and for the security team to stay secure. And the most basic one, and you mentioned that, is the ability to make sure that your resources are securely defined, so they are securely provisioned and they stay secure. So. As I mentioned, we talk about we have more than 200 checks uh, that are documented 
and I uh, highly encourage our customers to check in our documentation to what are the different controls we have in place um, for IST templates. And of course, they can try it. As I mentioned, they just have to inject our uh, extension into their pipelines and out of the box, we will scan all the different IST templates before they're provisioning resources into their environment. Wow, amazing. I mean, this is really the start to, uh, I think we have called it a lot, but it's not happening. But to say it's, we are going to treat our infrastructure as an application now. It's, it's going to, yes. we, we are also going to assess the security before even our, our resources hit the production or into, into the real world. I think that is a huge, huge added value. Definitely, if you combine that with, 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 with also the application that's going to run on top of it, then we have the full chain from the, 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 the server or, or the path solution where it runs on towards the application. I think this is this is a great, great added value for customers. Definitely, are there any success stories, for example, that you can share with us on organizations that benefit from um, implementing this, the Defender for Cloud to give them this kind of control and visibility over their application, but also about on their infrastructure side. Uh, you put me on the spot right now. This is a tricky question. So uh, obviously, I won't be able to give any customer's name, but um, but I have a funny story where we were actually talking uh, with the customers that were not using any DevOps security tool. And they were like, don't worry. I know how I configure my repositories. I know there is no secret in my production. I know my ISC templates are being configured properly. Should be fine. And we're like, OK, look, our solution is currently in public preview. It doesn't affect your performance. Run it. Let's talk in about a week. Let's see what's going on and let us know. And literally two or three hours later, we received an email. We're like, guys, can we have a quick chat? I would love to show you something and understand what's going on. And the customer actually opened Microsoft Defender for Cloud. And he was like, I'm actually seeing that there is a lot of misconfigurations and secrets that are exposed. What's going on? And I was like, interesting. Do you think that you have repositories that are publicly exposed? And he was like, there is no way. We have a bunch of vendors and consultants that are actually assessing our environment constantly, making sure that nothing is exposed. It was like, okay, let's go to the Security Explorer and see if you have repositories that are publicly exposed. And then we found out they were like five or six repositories. Like, there is no way you have an issue in your, in your backend. I was like, okay, let's go to Azure DevOps, check the name of the repository, and let's see what the configuration is. And the customers that were actually on the call were completely shocked. They were like, what's going on? That was not supposed to happen. I was like, okay, let's see something different. Let's continue in the Cloud Security Explorer. Let's see if we have CVEs or let's see if we have secret exposed in those repositories. And we found out that one repository had secret exposed, has secret exposed in uh, uh, publicly exposed. And the, and the customer was completely shocked. And they were like, we would like to apologize. We thought that we would not need uh, your solution, but now we're going to deploy it everywhere. There was a small POC and within a week, they moved from, we don't want, we don't feel the need to use a DevOps security product to we want to deploy it everywhere and help us to have more and more capabilities. So it shows that most of our customers don't know what they don't know. They all think that security is something that is a kind of insurance where you just deploy it and you let it go. And every time where we have, I would say most of the time what we have customers that are willing to go into the findings, 
spending time into Windows, telling their environment, get that visibility, trying to search for publicly exposed repositories. They are looking to find for uh, uh, critical repositories, secrets that were exposed, critical CVEs that were still in their code. This is where they're usually surprised and they're like, oh, thank you. We can now go ahead and work with our development teams to or to remediate and create processes to make sure that these kind of issues do not happen in the future. So this is the, for me, that was, it's not a funny story, unfortunately, but, uh, but I think that the, it, it, it shows how critical is um, DevSecOps today in a cloud native application protection environment and how it is critical to implement DevSecOps processes across the software development lifecycle when we think about cloud native applications. Yeah, but how many companies, uh, you, you said already, I think most of the companies are probably have a repository published, uh, publicly available at, that they don't know. So if it's, is it possible to run it for a short trial time um, before uh, getting into the full-blown uh, the, the DevOps security uh, within Defender for Cloud? Absolutely. So we have different layers into, so different layers for, for this uh, question. So first of all, Microsoft Defender for Cloud has a trial version where you can actually even enable the entire stack of Microsoft Defender for Cloud and get it free for, uh, for a, a, a couple of weeks. So that's the, that, that is the first aspect. The second one is the fact that our DevOps security offering right now in Microsoft Defender for Cloud is in public preview, which means that customers can deploy it uh, on their uh, staging and, and non-production environment or even production environment that we actually, Microsoft advise customers to use carefully for uh, private pu public preview features. Um, it has no impact on, your, on, on the performance. We're using agentless capabilities. Um, um, and so, and so, yes, what, what we actually invite our customers to do is to try to run a POC across different repositories. So when customers onboard their environment into Microsoft Defender for Cloud, they have the ability to do a an, an full onboarding or a partial onboarding where they can select, for example, in Azure DevOps, they can select specific projects and within those specific projects then can select specific repositories. So if they have pre-production repositories or dev repositories that are using for POCs, they can actually onboard those repositories into Microsoft Defender for Cloud. And our offering will actually run only on those repositories and those entities that are onboarded into MDC. And by doing this, that will actually uh, give them the ability to understand better the solution and then decide if they want to extend the visibility and the coverage of their uh, DevOps security within Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So not, nothing blocks to enable DevOps security uh, in your environment and this, uh, for this particular story. Correct. Okay, Puyan, what's next? Yeah, I mean, I'm listening and I'm thinking, amazing. I mean, you are the example you, you gave, David, I think um, the customers that contact you are enterprises, so they are more often the more senior and developed and, 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 and bigger customers. And I think listening also to the France question, how easy it is and hearing you telling how easy it is to onboard it, that there are no blocking or technology thing or really hard changes needed, how easy it would be for uh, also smaller organizations to adopt this technology uh, to get the feasibility. Because I think the take, key taking what, what you are saying in this uh, episode is feasibility is the key. 
if you know and you have seen what's going on within your environment, then you are the captain on the ship and you can uh, start steering your ship uh, towards the right direction. So, so I think that that's amazing to hear. Um, and are there any uh, recommendations when it comes uh, from you or from Microsoft uh, towards uh, best practices and, and, and for organizations that are getting started to improve their DevOps practices when it comes to DevSecOps? Where, where do they need to start? I think one of the keys that you mentioned is visibility, definitely. Um, can, you, can you share us some recommendations and best practices where they can start in the journey towards the DevSecOps, in your opinion? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that for me, the most important one, as you mentioned, is obviously the visibility, making sure that you, you know what you, that, what you don't know, right? Or what you, you didn't know a couple of uh, days, minutes ago. Um, so having that visibility across how many repositories you have within your organizations, how many DevOps environments you have. Do you have Azure DevOps? Do you have GitHub? Do you have GitLab? Do you have JFox? Do you have Jenkins, Bitbucket, whatever? Try to do an inventory of all the different DevOps environments, all the different DevOps tools that you have that the developers maybe use as a shadow IT tool that you really need to get that visibility, understand what you have, make an inventory. And then onboard, obviously, all the different environments that are supported by Microsoft Defender for Cloud, so GitHub and Azure DevOps. And then when you onboard them, see exactly what are the different insights and, and outcomes from the different scanning engine and from the different capabilities that we are offering. Uh, part of our DevOps security offering. Um, I would probably say that you may not want to have repositories that are vulnerable or that have CV or secret, obviously exposed to the internet. You want to have uh, repositories that you control, you control the access. You want to make sure that the, your developers do not have a high privilege across your entire organization. So if it's an Azure DevOps, you want to make sure that none of the developer has a PCA uh, uh, access pro project collection admins, my memories are correct. Uh, on GitHub, you don't want your developers to have OA organization admin uh, because you want to make sure that you don't have super user or super admin that are actually doing some simple uh, 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 tasks. So if their identity, uh, identity is being breached, no, nobody can actually use those identities to uh, perform malicious activities uh, at the organization. That's the first thing. Uh, when we talk about also pipelines, you want to make sure that your pipeline uh, pipelines are well configured. You want to make sure that you have uh, people that can review the pull request and review the pipelines before anything is coming from your code to your production environment. So that can avoid a malicious user to inject malicious code directly into your organization without having any reviewer that can block this pipeline or make sure that he has the right question. Why we suddenly have someone at 2 a.m. from Brazil or from any other country uh, 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 that is not supposed to be there. The developer usually works in Europe. And then suddenly we see him at 2 a.m. in Brazil starting to push or to create pull requests. So these are the kind of controls you want to have in place. Uh, tools like Microsoft Sentinel can help you to do this. You have connectors to get all the logs. So these are the kind of best practices we also advise our customers to follow. And obviously, the last one is what are the permissions that each of your pipeline actually has within your environment with service principal, for example, with your SPN. So in Azure DevOps, you want to make sure that you are not using classic Azure Classic SPN. Uh, you want to make sure that you have the latest version. You want to make sure that you are not giving too many permissions to a pipeline. If a pipeline has access to a repository that is publicly available, you don't want that repository to be able to, uh, for example, push 
a specific code without having any reviewer using an SPN that has access to a sensitive repo. These are the kind of complicated attacks that we see more and more uh, uh, within our uh, uh, customers. And lastly, I think that was important also, you want to make sure that your developers also are aware of all those security tools, because it's always a trade-off between how secure you want your, in, your applications to be and how processes, heavy processes you want to have in place versus how fast you want to deliver solutions to the market. And I think that each organization must find the right balance between we want to have security, we want to have fast application, want to have a fast time to market. So how we deal with it? And I think the cluster here is really about your industry, about the different uh, 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 compliance and governance you may have in place, but find the right way to make sure that you are well configured and also agile enough to give that freedom or to give the developers the ability to quickly develop and to also quickly push things into production to stay in a CI/CD environment and not move back to a waterfall or to an old uh, legacy uh, 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 mindset where we're actually building applications for months, testing, 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 and at the, uh, at the end take this whole block and moving into production after hours and days of time. So it definitely helps within a uh, development uh, environment. So if someone uh, develops an application, but on the other hand, uh, what we see nowadays with pipelines and uh, develop, uh, releasing infrastructure as code, as we're, we're talking already about that, that also helps within that kind of environment. So it's not only development, but also uh, people that are realizing infrastructure as code, they, uh, that's also helping. Absolutely. DevSecOps, uh, where, where we talk about SecOps engineer today, which is something that is new, SRE, SecOps engineer, they also have a lot of gain by consuming those insights yeah. to help them understand how secure the pipelines are, how secure the automations is, how secure their CICD pipelines are. So definitely uh, uh, something that is also to take into consideration is how we can infuse all of these different insights across the SDLC. We talk a lot about code to cloud and SDLC because we really want to position Microsoft Defender for cloud across the software development lifecycle from the developer to the DevOps engineers, to the IT admin going through the security and also to the application owner. So they can all have the same visibility, sliced and diced based on what they have to know and what they have access to. Yeah. So th thanks for uh, sharing this this insights uh, um, uh, at this point. Um, if we look at the future, and I know we can share uh, many things about what's coming, uh, but if we look in general, what can we say about the future, about securing code, uh, securing clouds, and and that sort of kind of stuff? Yeah. So as you as you mentioned. Um, Securing code, securing cloud, I think that first we need also to think about securing code and cloud together. And this is the future that Microsoft Defender for Cloud aims to solve. How we are really doing a real connection, collaboration between those different roles. How we are removing the frictions that we have between developers and security admins and application owners. So I think that what we are actually aiming to do is to provide more and more capabilities, code to cloud capabilities to our customers. How we help them to better understand that they must collaborate if they want to build secure application, if they want to stay secure. We talk a lot about how we can infuse AI into our entire Microsoft ecosystem. And obviously this is something that we are looking into. Um, we talk a lot about how we help the developer to be better informed. We talk about PR annotations, how we can help the, the, the developer to better understand the why 
why I have to fix it, why this is important to my organization, how we can also, as I mentioned, reduce the friction and also increase the sharing knowledge between all of those different worlds. The developer knows exactly why he implemented this line of code. The security admin knows exactly why he implemented this particular policy. And the application owner knows exactly why he needs this application to be up and running. And how we can share that knowledge across the different worlds is for me a critical piece that will help us toward reducing the friction between all those worlds. So if I had to summarize, I would say better sharing, real code to cloud collaboration across the software development lifecycle and how we can infuse AI into this entire ecosystem. Yeah, and I think the enhancements and the improvements that will be go fast uh, probably in the next year. Uh, so uh, probably we can make an uh, an appointment already uh, to have you uh, uh, sometimes back in uh, a few months or a half a year uh, to see if if there is any update uh, that we can share uh, within this rec recording within this podcast uh, for our audience. I love it. I love it. So let, let's, let's do that then. Um, Puyan, uh, uh, do you have any other things uh, to mention uh, or to ask? Well, I think, uh, David, again, thank you for joining us. I think it's one of the most important topics at the moment, which you, what we discussed today when it comes to the whole cloud and going towards the cloud. And, and, and you, you touched on things like what speed is important for going to cloud and also for the developers uh, and then having the flexibility and i really believe in that cloud is, is freedom and speed but as an organization being in control and i think how defender for cloud helps you to start your security at the, at the beginning of the journey towards that uh, it, it's amazing but also we, we, we as you mentioned uh, there's a lot to do when it comes to the embracing and implementing the DevSecOps. It's not all technology and it's not all. Um, so, yeah, I think organizations, I hope they, they enjoy this session and I uh, and then they see that, that the added value that Microsoft and, and your team is definitely uh, providing to, to create this visibility, which is so important in this time. Um, so yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm really amazed. Uh, this was one of my most favorite topics. So thank you for joining us. I don't know if you have a closing tip, feedback, something for our listeners to close this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you all for listening. Thank you, gentlemen, for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. I hope uh, we'll be able to see each other more and more in the future. We talked about the MVP Summit. We have so many events at Microsoft where we invite our customers and partners to come and talk to us. We have the MVP Summit, Ignite, Build. We have plenty of events where we are always happy to see all of you. So feel free to join us virtually or physically if you have the ability to join us. Um, I think that what is important, maybe if you had something to keep in mind for, for the audience is, as I mentioned earlier, my advice is to get a visibility into your environment. Make sure that you know what you don't know or make sure that you don't have any shadow IT that could lead to potential breaches. So get that inventory. Start using Microsoft Defender for, for Cloud. As I mentioned, we have a free trial. We have documentations about almost uh, uh, everything that you want to know about Microsoft Defender for Cloud. There are so many podcasts and so many information that we are sharing across different uh, 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 medias. We have plenty of uh, different 
uh, channels where you can follow Microsoft security and Microsoft Defender for Cloud, and obviously continue to hear what Huyan and France are doing around Microsoft ecosystem. Thank you, folks, obviously, for doing this. This is important also for our community to better understand how they can use and leverage our product. So glad that we have people like you that are investing time to share your knowledge and invite us. It's an honor to be invited uh, and share our knowledge with our community. So uh, obviously, and again, gentlemen, thank you again for this invitation. And I hope you folks in the audience uh, can use and leverage Microsoft Defender for Cloud to improve your Cloud native application security posture. It's likewise, and uh, we um, having fun uh, doing this uh, and helping the community uh, getting the information closer to them. So thanks for listening or viewing this recording. Um, if you want to, if if you have feedback for us, please please let us know. You can find us on talkingsecurity.nl or our LinkedIn page. Uh, please uh, please search for it, and uh, we will be notified, and we will get that feedback, and probably we can use that in uh, the next recordings. Um, and if you find it valuable, hit the notification button uh, and subscribe on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform. And I say thank you for now. Puyan and I are looking really looking forward to the next recording about uh, securing APIs with Defender for Cloud. So probably we will see each other then. So thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>